And last night, the Boston Celtics came back to uh, beat the Miami Heat. Yeah, it just shows you that Al Horford and Marcus Smart make a difference. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody, where we cover sports news, sports all over the world, what's happening in the NBA, NFL, MLB, all the news that you would want to know. Welcome back. Welcome back. The NBA playoffs we have been talking about for the last few weeks. They've been in full swing. We've heard a lot of different stories. We've seen a lot of different stories with these teams. And what I've been loving is these NBA playoffs. And each round, it seems the intensity just amps up a little bit more. Uh, Whether it's John Morant going after the Warriors, whether it's Giannis having to deal with the the Celtics and the wall they built, um, all the different things that have been going on in these playoffs, it's been nothing short of amazing. And I just want to start with last night's game, plain and simple. The Boston Celtics took on the Miami Heat. Two games in Miami. Heat stole the first one. Jason Tatum came out firing last night and proved why he's one of the best players. Now, I'm not 100% sold on Jason Tatum. Let me just point that out. I I don't have him as high as others do um, in the NBA as far as superstars go. I... Uh, that's just a preference of mine. I would take Jimmy Butler over Jason Tatum any day. Um, Jimmy Butler had 29 points, 11 of 18, and 6 of 8 at the free throw line. He came out back and had a bounce back game. See, that's something we don't really see from Jimmy Butler. We see a little more of a streaky pattern. We see him have a 40-plus game, and then he'll maybe put up 15, 17. But he came back and had a really decent game. I don't think people are uh, recognizing that. Jason Tatum came out and had a much better game. And the rebounds uh, last night, Marcus Smart, the the contribution that Marcus Smart gives the Boston Celtics is amazing. That's the one thing that I want to focus on is Al Horford, Marcus Smart, what they did for that team. Marcus Smart had nine rebounds. Seven of those came on the defensive side. Two of those came on the offensive side. Bam Adebayo had nine rebounds, six defensive rebounds, three offensive rebounds. Both those guys were key. But what gets me is the size of Marcus Smart, because he's smaller. What gets me is he was right up there with Bam Adebayo. He he got just as many. When it comes to assists, uh, the assists were Marcus Smart had 12 assists to one turnover. And he played 40 minutes. Jimmy Butler had three assists, three turnovers, and 33 minutes. So not a great game facilitating the ball by Jimmy Butler. But one thing, why I would take Jimmy Butler over Jason Tatum is simple. You have two guys here. I 100% believe Jimmy Butler is a stone-cold killer in the NBA. He has that Michael Jordan-esque, Kobe-esque. He's not too... He doesn't go too crazy in games when when it comes to regular season, I should say. But when the playoffs come, he's playoff Jimmy. And he's really good. And what what I think helps that, because he bounced around a little bit, Jimmy Butler. Uh, started out in Chicago, decent game. Uh, moved over to Minnesota eventually, then down to Philly. And then now he's on the Heat. But I think he was always meant to be on the Heat. So there are different personalities 
in the world, and some of them mix and match with the right situation. Uh, you know, you you see if you're a match when it comes to a company, a person, whatever you would be doing, you see if you're that match. And you can tell pretty quickly, you can tell within the first 30 minutes, maybe even less if you're going to work out, uh, wherever you're at. And Jimmy Butler was on the Bulls. And it didn't really work out. He kind of rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, they didn't get along, so they, they shipped him to Minnesota. Uh, eventually, that wore itself out. <laughs> uh, he was really intense, got into it with the coach. I can't remember if it was Thibodeau that was coaching at that time. Uh, got into it there. Um, wasn't the greatest situation. He goes down to Philly. <laughs> um, you'd think that Philly would have kept Jimmy Butler because I think he Philly liked him, how hard he played. Uh, but again... Tobias Harris. I don't know why you would keep Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. But Jimmy Butler then finds himself in a little place called Miami. And you want to know what the greatest thing about Miami is? Pat Riley. That's the greatest thing about Miami. Uh, Pat Riley is tough. He has seen it all in the NBA. He brings an intensity to the team that he is when he was coaching and as a GM and owner. He brings intensity to it. And the I remember when LeBron first got to Miami with D. Wade and when he first got there with Bosch and them guys were trying to mix and gel and Eric Spolstra was hired by Pat Riley. And people are like, what are you doing? This guy is young. He's not going to work out. And this is something I think is lacking in a lot of different aspects of whatever industry you're in, is conviction. He looked at Eric Spolstra, and he said, you're my guy. And all the criticism that he may have gotten, he said, look, I don't really care. Even if players had a problem with it, even if personnel, he said, yeah, but I'm at the top. And I make the decisions. And if you don't like it, tough. And I just think that's not around in the NBA enough. You need someone. Look at the Lakers. The Lakers are a perfect example of a team that has let things fester in build to where you have 10 people making the, the calls. You got LeBron bringing in people. You got, and, and there's nothing wrong with your players trying to bring in other players, but then you have... The GM, Rob Palinka, you got Jeannie Buss, you got her outside sources saying stuff and making decisions. It doesn't work. There's one person who needs to make all the decisions. Now, granted, that person delegates. So Pat Riley would hire someone, he would give him full control, but it starts at the top, and you see it with dysfunction in the NFL some teams, with the Cowboys, with Washington Commanders, uh, the Browns. You see you see the dysfunction from the top first and it trickles down uh, all the way to the player all the way to the coaches the players everyone's affected by it but what i respect about the miami heat culture is pat riley and the defense he chose eric spolstra and eric spolstra yeah he coaches hard him and jimmy butler got into it udonis haslam had to uh, step in between and Udonis has been there for years, and he's just going to stand up for Eric. All in all, Jimmy found a home, though. He found a team that would accept him. 
and he's thriving in it. I'm Jimmy Butler, is what he said, and I'm intense, and he gets on people's nerves, and you may not like me. But you know what the Heat did? They put their arms around him and said, you know what, we're intense. Yeah, we, we rub people the wrong way. A lot of our players do. We were the villains in the NBA for years with LeBron, and we embraced it. And they, just, they embraced who they were. And you see that with the really mature teams. The Boston Celtics, they are more mature than the Memphis Grizzlies. I will give them that. They are being coached very well. Got a great coach there. But I 100% believe the Heat are going to win this series. I think it's tied right now. Miami did its job. They defended home, gave up one game. They're going back. They need to steal a game in Boston. But I love what the Heat did the other night. And it's all because of Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has inspired those guys. Tyler Hero, Vincent, the backup point guard, uh, Bam out of Bayou, uh, Deadman. He's got these guys, and he is tough, and they're tough, and it's all gelling, and it's working. Field goal percentage um, the other night. Even though the Heat lost, I liked that they didn't... They get, they got beat pretty bad. But I liked that they're not going to let it affect them, and that's their mindset. Uh, Boston came out and shot a way better percent percentage. I'm going to give Boston that 51.2 uh, from the field to Miami's 44.2. Uh, Boston, uh, from the three-point line, was 50%. Uh, Miami had a rough night, 294 Turnovers, Miami had 15, Boston had 10. Rebounds, 41 to Miami's 42. So Miami out-rebounded them by one, but the turnovers is what killed Miami in the end. And they kind of were trending upward in the first quarter. I thought, hey, you know, they're up 13 to 18 with 623 left in the first. But then it just took off, and Tatum just soared. And again, I'm not a huge fan of Tatum. I like Tatum but I like Jimmy Butler a little more. And that's just a preference of mine. But this is all about finding the perfect chemistry of where you fit. And Jimmy Butler fits in Miami. And the Miami Heat fans love Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler is tough. He doesn't get pushed around. Um, you know, and I think there's a lot of similarities between the Boston and Miami teams. And I think they have a respect for each other. That's why I think this, this series won't get too chippy. They're going to play tough. But they respect it. They love playing tough. They don't They don't let anything go. Playing over until the whistle goes. And even a little little, little after the whistle. <laughs> then, you, then you can even keep going. But I, I, I got to pick the Miami Heat to come out on this one. I just do. I just, I see them uh, thriving um, the rest of the series. And that's why I like Jimmy Butler. Because, you know, a lot of people like Jordan. Jordan rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Kobe rubbed the people a lot of wrong ways. You're going to have these guys that are not always well-liked, but they get the job done. They get it done. So I like the Miami Heat. Even though they lost, they still did what they had to do. They won that game, and I can't wait to watch the the next game uh, going back to Boston. And other news, because there's another series happening here, and I, like in this series, I think, look, <laughs> Luka Doncic, guy's on another level. I mean, the guy is on another level. Um, they play tonight. They play again tonight, the Mavericks at Warriors. 
Luka Doncic, I think, is 100% undervalued. Uh, Luka Doncic has been playing great. Now, he didn't have a game. He didn't have a good game, you know, last time against the Warriors. He had 20 points, 6 of 18 field goals, 5 of 8 from the free throw line. Uh, Steph Curry, 21 points, 7 of 16, 4 of 7 from the free throw line. I, uh, it is weird to watch Steph Curry miss as many free throws as he has. It's just weird. Uh, he's had a terrible percentage through the playoffs. He's normally great. So, you know, the Warriors have their issues too. Uh, and I was fully expecting uh, Luka to come in and win game one. I did not think the Mavericks uh, were going to lose. Uh, but they were 3 of 19 on three points of field goals in the first quarter. You're taking 19 threes in the first quarter, and that's a terrible percentage. They did not uh, look good shooting the three ball. And the thing about Doncic is it's a lot of, we've seen a lot of similar players. It's not like LeBron. LeBron can get his own shot uh, really well, and Doncic can too, don't get me wrong. But Doncic is not as good a three-point shooter from the three as LeBron. Um, And when Doncic gets in the lane, he's unstoppable. So you're not going to stop Doncic when he gets in the lane. But the Warriors did a pretty good job of trying to. And they, they held him to 20 points, 6 of 18. And Doncic would have had way more assists. But here's the problem. None of his guys were hitting shots the other night. I just read the stat, 3 of 19. Doncic had 7 rebounds, 7 defensive rebounds, 0 offensive rebounds. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, just let this stat sink in, he had 12 rebounds. It's almost like the Marcus Smart thing. Marcus Smart had a lot of rebounds right up there with uh, the big man. Uh, Steph Curry came out and had 12 rebounds, 10 of those on the defensive side, 2 of them on the offensive side. And Luka Doncic, I've loved uh, his intensity uh, on the defensive side uh, rebounds, but I love Steph Curry's even more. And Luka Doncic had 4 assists, 7 turnovers in 35 minutes. Curry had 4 assists, 3 turnovers in 31 minutes. Why I'm comparing these two is because... Doncic is a point guard. <laughs> he can play most of the positions. I believe he can play four of the positions on the floor. I don't know if he can play center, uh, but he can he can play most of those positions extremely well. Now, he would have had more assists if his guys could have hit shots. That's the bottom line. You needed some of them guys to hit shots. Uh, the team stats uh, the other night, 36% from the field goal for Dallas, 56.1 for Golden State. And you know, when it comes to Golden State, you just know... When Curry's doing a little shimmy, you know it's going to be a good night for the Golden State Warriors. Three-point percent percentage, uh, Dallas had 22.9. Golden State had 34.5. Again, the three ball is so important, but I believe Dallas was just taking too many like non-great three-point looks. They were taking too many of those looks. And the truth of the matter is Golden State just has better three-point shooters. Clay, Steph, Poole, they've added Poole, you know, they have guys that occasionally can hit them. The turnovers, Dallas had 13. Golden State actually had more turnovers. This is the problem with Golden State. They've actually had a lot of turnovers in the playoffs, and I'm not a fan of it uh, because you just can't win like that. Rebounds, 35 uh, rebounds uh, for Dallas, 51 for Golden State. That's the huge factor in this game. 51 rebounds to 35. They were just getting the ball. Uh, Kevon Looney came out and just... He, he had a good game. A lot of guys contributed, had good games. Uh, but here's the deal. 
where the game was won was when Andrew Wiggins was like, I'm taking Doncic's and I'm shutting him down. And Doncic's, I like Doncic's. He's a superstar. Luka is a superstar, 100%. But he has been inconsistent at times when it has come to coming into the season out of shape. My biggest, my biggest complaint against Luka is he came in out of shape and he had to play his way into shape. And I don't care who you are. When you got to do that, that is not good. That is not good. You you are making extremely good money. Get a dietitian. Put money into your body. You know, it's incredible what we're seeing because most guys, uh, they need to stay in shape to be dominant like Luca is. But Luca is just like, no, I'm going to eat what I eat. I'm going to come in and play. And you can do that when you're his age. But when you get up to the 30s, even the late 20s, you're going to start feeling it. You're not going to be able to do that. But that that's yet to be seen. But Luka Doncic, I, I need to see more of him out of this game too. Uh, now, granted, Reggie Bullock was 4 of 12, 3 of 10. So he didn't hit a lot of great shots. Uh, Finney Smith, 2 of 6. I mean, Brunson was 6 of 16. You just can't have that. You can't have that. And I was really impressed with Clay Thompson because Clay Thompson was 7 of 13. And I really like what he gave you, excuse me, on the offensive side of the ball. I did. He, I mean, he was one of four from the three point line, which could have been better, but he contributed 15 points. And I think he is getting his defensive footing back. I think he's getting it back, and I, I like it. Kevon Looney was 5 of 5. Uh, he had, you know, 10 points. Andrew Wiggins, 19 points. Because Andrew Wiggins was the key factor in this game. When he shut down Luka and said to Luka, look, we're not going to let you just dominate us. That was a message to that team. <laughs> and all in all, Luka's got to step up in this next this next game. I think Denver, or excuse me, Dallas will come back and win this next game. I think it's going to be tied 1-1. That's just the trend we've seen in the playoffs recently. Everything's getting tied up at 1-1. And they're going to go back to Dallas, and I think Golden State will steal the game. And I think I think this game, this series is going to go seven games. Because even though the Warriors are a very dominant team, they've been streaky. All right, that Memphis series, I don't care what anyone says, it was sloppy. I, I predicted they were going to win because they were the more mature team, but they were sloppy in their win. They just were. Uh, they have Jordan Poole, who put up 26 minutes, 8 of 12. Uh, he was only 1 of 4 from the line, but he gave you 19 points. Otto Porter Jr., 10 points. They You, you see that they've just had contribution uh, from so many different parts of the floor. And Steph Curry is one of the greatest shooters of all time. And uh, when you have a team that have been in these situations... It is a huge advantage over the team that has not been in this situation. And uh, if, if Luka can pull this series out, and let's say he takes it to Game 7 and he has an amazing performance and pulls it out, we have to start considering him the best offensive talent in the league. And I know you're going to get pushback and say, Kevin Durant's the greatest offensive talent. Where's KD? You know, I'm tired of hearing excuses for some superstars. You know, KD, he, he's this and this and this. This is what happened. No, he didn't show up. He didn't show up. KD is not himself. I think we need to start putting KD on this pedestal 
and saying that he's the greatest offensive talent in the world on the on in the NBA. I don't know if he is anymore. I mean, I did think he was, but this last season, last couple seasons, I mean, yeah. Oh, if his foot wouldn't have been on the line, they would have won. If he would have wore a smaller size shoe. Now, how about he knows where his footing is and he makes the shot? Okay. And if, if Luka Doncic can pull his team over over this team, if he can put them over the mark and get to the next round, then he has to be considered one of the greatest, not the greatest, excuse me, one of the best offensive talents in the league right now. I don't know how we can not say that because Steph Curry, some people are still saying Steph is. Steph Curry is getting older too and you see it and he's not hitting as many threes. Maybe it's just, maybe he's gotten into his head a little bit about it, but he's not hitting those three-point shots he he was. Now granted, Steph never did show up in the playoffs. I mean, he showed up, but he, he wasn't as dominant as he had been in the regular season and that's just a fact. He, he, I, I like, I love Steph Curry's game. What he gives you in the playoffs is amazing, don't get me wrong. But he just hasn't been the same always. He's been a little more inconsistent in series. If Luka Doncic can pull this off, yeah. In my mind, he is one of the best in the NBA after this season. And you still got to put Giannis up there, of course. But Luka's going to be one of the best. <clears throat> and I think he's going to have a great career. And as far as the NBA goes, that's a lot of the news in the NBA. I mean, we, we got these great playoff series. Can't wait to watch the Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors tonight. And I want to talk a little bit NFL here at the end of the podcast. Because I've been hearing this a lot about Baker Mayfield and where he's going to end up. And i got to take a side here. Because we all got to take sides when there's disputes. you got to pick a side. You can't not. And i got to take the side of Baker. This whole thing. I got to take the side of Baker. Cleveland, you're back to dysfunction. I'm going to be a little bit hard here on Cleveland. But you guaranteed money to someone who hasn't played last year, who may not play this year because every, they're looking into everything. The NFL has started their investigation now into everything and looking at it. You paid a guy $230 million guaranteed, and you think you're going to win? You think that's going to solve everything? This is classic Cleveland. This is classic Cleveland. It scared you, didn't it, to have something stable? Because it, it was boring. It wasn't shaking it up enough. Let me tell you something. Baker Mayfield played hurt. Okay? Um, I believe that the team quit on him. And he was trying to play hurt. And the dysfunction is coming through now. They got rid of, they're blowing up the team again. They're putting Deshaun Watson in there. But they say they want a, a, a adult at quarterback position. That came out of Cleveland. That's a fact. That's what they said. And what adult? I don't see an adult. I see Deshaun Watson, who's made stupid decisions, and you've paid him $230 million and rewarded him. I don't, I don't understand Cleveland anymore. I just don't. You're not going to win the division. I don't care if Sean Watson comes back halfway through. He's not elevating you past uh, a team in that division. Joe Burrow and the Steelers now have Kenny Pickett. Uh, then you got Lamar Jackson there in Baltimore. And it blows my mind that Cleveland fans and everyone thinks they're just one quarterback away. They're not. They're not. Hate to break it to you. You're not going to bounce back. 
You're going to need a couple of years. And by that time, Deshaun Watson's a couple of years older. Who knows if he even plays this year. If he does, I don't think he's getting in until week eight. <laughs> and then your season's over. And you've burnt the bridge with Baker when you could have just done this. You could have just signed Baker to a deal, three-year deal. You could have worked something out. He would have come back, played hard for you, and then you could have evaluated in a few years. But the fact is, you just have no patience. The Cleveland Browns have zero patience. They have to win now. You're not going to win now. You're not. Baker Mayfield won your first playoff game in how many years? He played injured for you. And I don't know. I think a lot of Cleveland fans are Baker Mayfield fans. I think it started with the owner. And the Haslam family. A lot of people in the NFL are mad at the Haslams. Because what you've done now is you've paid Deshaun Watson, a player who hasn't played in over a year. And you paid him more money than any quarterback in the league. Guaranteed money, that is. And all of a sudden now you got these guys like Lamar Jackson, whose contract's coming up. And he's like, hey, I'm better than Deshaun. I'm an MVP. And I'm a, you know... Been in the playoffs a bunch, and you know, Deshaun has his accolades too. But Lamar, I would take Lamar over Deshaun. I take Mahomes over Deshaun. I take Allen over Deshaun. I take Burrow over Deshaun. Uh, I take Tom Brady over Deshaun. I take Aaron Rodgers over Deshaun. I take Russell Wilson over Deshaun. How many how many names do we gotta go? I take Herbert over Deshaun. I mean, we we could just keep going here with some of the some of the quarterbacks. Probably forgetting one or two. Deshaun, I, I, I'm just missing where everybody's putting him uh, right behind Mahomes. What, uh, when did that start? Because even though Deshaun is an amazing talent, I don't, he wasn't even on the same level. So the whole the fact of the matter is I'm being a little tough on Cleveland today because they are just reverting back to what they were. They could have just kept Baker. It was going to be boring. Maybe you sneak into the playoffs next year. <clears throat> Maybe you do something like that. But you don't jump ship and just lean back into dysfunction and say, we're going to sign him guaranteed money, $230 million, and most of that money is going to come in the next year because he may not play this year. You catered everything to Deshaun Watson. Everything. And you know what he's going to give you back? Nothing. I'm sorry. He's not. I don't, I don't understand where Cleveland Brown fans are at in their mental state because I think some of them still like Baker. I think a lot of them like Deshaun, and I just think the Haslams keep screwing everything up, and they're fine with it. And now you're going to have to pay uh, Lamar Jackson $250 million guaranteed. Yeah, and the Ravens aren't happy about that. And the second Herbert's contract's up, you're going to have to pay him. Who knows, maybe Mahomes will want to renegotiate. And you have all these quarterbacks that are going to be saying, hey, wait a minute, this guy who is not even on my level, he's making this, yeah, time to pay up. And the owners will have to pay up, and they realized it. So the Haslams have not only reverted Cleveland back to its dysfunctional ways, they have undoubtedly made themselves enemy number one in the NFL. you got to pay these quarterbacks now. And you're already paying the receivers but you got to pay these quarterbacks now. I mean, it's ridiculous. The amount of money that these quarterbacks are making. And it just keeps going up. Dak Prescott. I wouldn't take Dak over Deshaun. I'd take Deshaun over Dak. But look at how much Dak's making. You don't think he's going to want a huge deal? He might. 
And even if it's not on the level that a Deshaun Watson is, it's going to be 180 guaranteed, 180 million guaranteed, all money. Who knows? Um, but the Cleveland Browns have showed what they are. They're dysfunctional. And don't get me wrong, Washington's probably dysfunctional too in the Commanders. Who knows? But I would love to have Baker on my team. I haven't seen Carson Wentz play yet, but I may want Baker uh, on my team. I'll be able to tell in the first few games how Carson Wentz is uh, blending into the Washington Commanders. Um, we'll be able to tell that pretty quick, but I, I may want Baker on my team over Wentz. I may want him on my team over too. I, I mean, he's better than some of those guys. I'd want him now. Derek Carr and him are pretty even, I believe. Uh, but you know, if I'm the trying to think of a team, Miami Dolphins, they, they would take him over to, uh, they would, I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh would love him to come in and, you know, play for a couple of years and then have Kenny Pickett start. I'm, I'm sure they would love Baker. A lot of people like Baker. He's got a lot of commercials. But some people don't like Baker, and those people are the dysfunctional Cleveland Browns. I hope that they figure it out and they realize Deshaun isn't the quarterback for them and they move on after a few years of not winning anything. But they're going to be out money, that's for sure. <laughs> but Deshaun's good. All right. Well... That's been the podcast today. I've enjoyed talking to everyone. Uh, can't wait for the season to start. Uh, my Washington Commanders. Uh, can't wait to watch some of them games that they're going to be playing. We're going to see how uh, Dotson does in the offense. We got Wentz with McLaren. They bolstered their offense up. I'm excited to see it. We're, I think we're going to be good on the defensive side of the ball. Chase Young. Can't wait to watch. Got to get myself some new jerseys. All right, guys, thank you for listening. This has been the Pass to Patrick podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it, download, leave a review, tell me if you like it. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all, uh, all that good stuff. All right, guys, catch you later.